Skeptics Anonymous, Dr. Dim speaking. Dim, it's Spearsy here. This is your last chance. You either come on the 80s cruise with us, or we'll confiscate all your artsy 80s albums and burn them outside First Avenue. What? Dim, it's Brad, and we are not bluffing. We'll start with your Husker Du and work all the way down to your beloved XTC unless you book now. Come on, the rates are totally affordable, and you can book with PayPal and take your sweet old time paying it off. Guys, I'd love to hang out with you and watch Spearsy try his best lines out on Debbie Gibson, but I told you, I don't like water. What? You mean drinking it? No, sailing on it. It's a huge ship, Dim. Just stay in your cabin all day and come out for dinner and the concerts. It's tempting. You know you can't pass on Howard Jones, Tom Bailey, Colin Hay, and Berlin. And Morris Day in the time. Morris Day, dude. Morris is from Minneapolis. Damn right he is. Okay, give me the details on how to book, but do it fast. I'm about to appear via Skype at the Sasquatchathon conference. The 80s cruise sets sail February 11th through the 18th on the Celebrity Summit. Every night is a theme night, like Pop Icon Night, Neon Beach Party, Hip Hop versus Hair Metal, and there's even a prom night on Valentine's Day. Okay, you're losing me again. Come on, Dim. We'll dress like those two idiots and just one of the guys, and we'll dance around like goofs. It'll be fun. Go to www.the80scruise.com to see the full music lineup and to get started booking. Just remember to use the new promo code STUCK2, that's S-T-U-C-K number two, so that you get invited to exclusive events with Stuck in the 80s. So, are you game, Dim? Maybe. Just one question. What? Do they make those water wings in black? Ugh. Hello? Guys? Guys? Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter, <laughs> the heroes, pick up your phone and call the professionals, Go Ghostbusters, and the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples, it's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we honor three more amazing albums from 1986. It's an album by the band Queen, see? Ah! Stewie, relax. No, Brian, you keep that thing away from me! With us on this adventure through time, it's our old friend, Dr. Dim. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. This is a series that we've done a few times now. Um, I think we've only done it once. We, we haven't done, done it since last year. No. I went, I went back and checked. We did it in June, dude. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. What was the show? Show number three. What albums did we talk about? 360. We talked about Graceland. Oh, that album is turning 30. Really? Yeah. What album did I talk about? Um, Slippery When Wet. Bon Jovi, right? Yeah. I, I don't yeah, remember which one it was, it, but I, I don't even remember which one I did. I just remember Graceland. And I know that uh, Jen was on it, and she did a Prince album, of course. Oh, of course she did. <laughs> 
Talk about a one-issue voter. She's voting the Prince ticket. For those of you fairly new to the podcast, from time to time, we like to honor albums that turn 30 years old because that's the magic decade for us. We return today with time running out on the clock, only uh, two months left before the end of the year, for us to cover three more albums from 1986. And I'll remind everyone, we're not saying these are the greatest albums. We're just saying these are albums that each one of us personally connect to in some weird way. I don't even remember what album I talked about on that show. Was I drunk? That would be a first. <laughs> Not really. Well, you haven't. You've never done the show drunk before. Oh, done the show drunk. Oh, oh. You know what? I, I think I did um, true stories. You did do true stories. That sounds vaguely okay. familiar. And yeah. uh, Just Drew did Graceland. So anyway, um, there is time running out. If you have suggestions for us to uh, cover, um, email us and let us know. In the meantime, Brad, you started off. My pick for this show is The Smithereens, especially for you. So that was Blood and Roses from their first full-length album, uh, which was released in 1986. What a surprise. Produced by Don Dixon, who had worked with R.E.M. on their albums Murmur and Reckoning. It's 13 tracks long, and it clocks in at a whopping 41 minutes. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it is so short. Oh, well, it's just, they're, they are a power pop band, and the songs are like three minutes long, you know? It's a, a good, solid, rocking three-minute song. I never think of them as being power pop. Yeah, I well, I think I kind of go back and forth between power pop and and rock, but they definitely are very influenced by the 60s. Um but anyway, this album made it to 51 on the Billboard 200, so it wasn't exactly a barn burner, but um the critics loved it for what that's worth. Uh Kurt Cobain has said it was one of his favorite albums. And Blood and Roses, which we just heard, the lead single, uh, made it to number 14 on the U.S. mainstream rock chart. Hmm. Has anyone here seen uh, Smithereens live in concert? I have not. No. No. They toured a couple of years ago with Tom Petty, but I Oh, that boy. That would, have been a good, that would have been a nice double yeah. bill. Anybody with Tom Petty is a nice double bill. I used to have this album. I don't know why I, I let it go, but uh, I was listening to it on Spotify today and I was telling Brad that um, there's almost a Beach Boys-esque feel to the opening track uh, that I forget the name of. But uh, uh, Strangers When We Meet, actually, that's one of the deeper cuts that I would want to talk about. So, yeah. Groovy. And it's, it's, and I just was surprised that uh, it's kind of bar bandish, but they have, um, it, it's kind of hard to absolutely define their sound because there's a lot of sixties to it. Uh, they're a little more refined than, um, than the knack in their sound, but they also have a little feel of, of that to me uh, when I listen to it. Yeah. And this first album is it's a little bit, I won't say all over the place, but there's some different styles on it. Um, this was not the first Smithereens album I bought. I remember very distinctly, I was standing in the record store and Green Thoughts was out. Like that was their new album. And I was holding them both in my hand. Like, do I buy Green Thoughts or do I buy Especially For You? Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting Green Thoughts first, uh, which is 
oh my gosh, it's so mopey. It's just so mopey. The whole, I mean, the Smithereens, all their songs are about girls, basically. But uh, Green Thoughts is about girls who did them wrong. Uh, this one's a little bit of, you know, there's some of the mopey in there and some of the just, you know, a little more upbeat stuff, but they're kind of trying to find their way a little bit. I can't believe that there's a mopey album or mopey band out there from the 80s that I haven't completely wrapped around myself like a big winter coat. <laughs> I'm going to send you a copy of Green Thoughts, Steve, so you can you know, wallow <laughs> that. in that. I just live. I just like to wallow in it. You know me like a pig yeah. in the mud when it comes to that. <laughs> so speaking of pigs in the mud, um, so the other <laughs> singles on this album were – the second single was uh, Lonely Place, which is just a little too cute for its own good, frankly. It was – takes a lot of the lyrics from a Humphrey Bogart movie of the same name um, and features Suzanne Vega singing backup on huh. um, the third single uh, behind the wall of sleep. People have probably heard that that charted at number 23 on the mainstream rock chart. And then the last song, uh, the last single from that album was strangers when we meet, which is my deep cut from this. If, if, I mean, it was released as a single, but nobody ever heard it. And that's the song that Tim was talking about a minute ago. I just, it is just super catchy super catchy it's my favorite song about somebody breaking off an affair with a married woman it's a great opening track too it's, it's yeah. just just pulls you right into it just the goes. yeah let's listen to a little bit of that So you say this song is about breaking off an affair with a married woman? Yeah. So the the chorus is let you know let us be strangers when we meet. Like if I see you on the street, if I see you walking around town, don't pretend you don't know me. Oh, hey, that's man. that's kind of like Jesus. Uh, is it fair and young and his song just walk on by? I, yeah, kind of is. You're right. Because <laughs> it's, it's you know, know it's, it's a, it, we ignore each other when we see each other and you know just walk mm -hmm. on by, wait on the corner. Like yeah, yeah it's. it's, it's Songs about girls, girls in all sorts of situations, you know. There you go. This is, this is, I need to check this band out a little bit deeper. By the way, um, one of the interesting things about Smithereens, if you haven't had a chance to catch them live, um, they are, I believe, on the bill for 80s in the Sand. Are they really? They are, which is next year, Why November did I that? 2017. The Smithereens are, are one of several bands playing at 80s in the Sand, which is a week long 80s. Um, vacation slash party in the Dominican Republic. And uh, Brad and I are supposed to be there to do uh, trivia. Um, Debbie Foreman's there, uh, Loverboy, um, just a huge... Yeah, it's a good lineup. It's a good lineup. It's, I'd forgotten Smithereens is on there. I bet they're pretty good live. I bet they're excellent live. So one more reason to go. Um, Dim, you're up next. What album will you be representing from the glorious year of 1986? The glorious year of 1986. On October 27th, 1986, one of my favorite bands, XTC, released their masterpiece album, Skylarking. Starting on their feet Cause they don't get 
released, it charted at 70 on the American album charts. And it, there's a bit of irony in this that it only charted at 90 in the UK. Because when these guys were getting set to record this album, their label, uh, Virgin, took them aside and said, guys, you've got to make it in America. You know, for whatever reason, they just were not catching the ear of American music listeners. So, said, huh. so, so the option they gave them, they said, let's do this. Here's a list of American record producers and uh, pick one of these guys. Figuring an American producing this record would make it, you know, more palatable for health, whatever, for, uh, for American more, ears. More red, white, and blue. Exactly. Well, wait a minute. Aren't the British flags the same color? Oh, you're catching on quick, Dan. Ah, Taking a thing past you. <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm a doctor. Anyway, um, they recognized Todd Rundgren, his name on the list. So they picked him <laughs> for the producer. Okay, I've just, heard of him. We, we've heard of him. We've heard his stuff. We like his stuff. Let's go. Yeah. So um, the thing is, it was a very contentious recording session. The guys went to his upstate New York studio, and they, they had sent him something like 35 demos. And he already picked out all the songs they were going to do. He picked out the order that they were going to be on the album. He decided that they should take some songs and play them into another song. And they actually do that on the first two tracks. They play them together. It's okay. not it's not edited together. Yeah. Uh, the opening track is uh, Summer's Cauldron, and the second track is Grass, which was actually their first single. Oh, okay. It was very contentious because Andy Partridge, the leader of this band, did not like somebody else coming in and kind of taking over. Uh, but the results were fantastic. It's just a beautiful album. But I say it's ironic. They tried to get a less of a, of a British sound, but I, to me, it sounds still British. <laughs> so, but it's a beautiful album. Well, um, I mean, they're, they're English. What, what are you, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> what are you going to do? It still sounds, and okay, it did come into the studio wearing the red jackets and then we're going <laughs> to bayonets at you and you can take them off and put the blue ones on and then we'll do it. Right, come on. So as, as I said, the first single was Grass, but uh, that was released, uh, you know, one of those 12-inch vinyl things. And on the back, mm -hmm. there were two songs on the back. One was Extrovert and the other one was Dear God. Now, Dear God was the song that caught the ear of some DJs. Yeah. So they just started playing that. So that became I know the, I heard that the on K-Rock. Yeah. yeah, that became the hit, and there was a great video made for it and everything. But it wasn't originally in included on the first pressing of the album. Oh, really? Yeah, the album. It, the song got so popular, they repressed the album, took one of the other songs off, and put that one on. It's funny. I, I, I remember this song uh, a few years ago. I did a list on the blog about the most depressing songs of the '80s. I, I don't know what would drive me to do something like that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you're just a fit of peak. Yeah, and it wasn't all the Smiths and the Cure. No, no, no. It, I asked people um, for for tips because I mean you know I haven't heard everything and one of the songs that came up over and over again was this one, Dear God, and I don't think I'd heard it at that point. So I listened to it and I was like, Oh yes, <laughs> this is perfect. And uh, mm -hmm. so it, I put it at, at number one on the list of the most depressing songs of the eighties. So you know what's weird? All right, this is these guys are trying to break it in America. And the song that was put on a B-side breaks it in America. And it's a song that's Dear God, which is an atheist-themed song, makes it in Reagan's America. That's kind of weird to me, but yeah. it, it, well, it worked. Well, I people mean, are inscrutable. Well, people – I mean, you got to remember, I mean, is, 
we, we, we may look back on that era and be like, oh, you know, Reagan was so popular, this and that. But I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot of people who thought, you know, he was this, you know, this second coming of Satan or something. <laughs> Dragging us closer to the brink of nuclear war. Right. Well, so, I, mean, I think there was a lot of that thought. That's why I loved the Frankie goes to Hollywood, you know, we're all going to die tomorrow in a nuclear explosion type music. So, but it's, it's a great song and it's a great pick. Now, there is a deeper cut on the album that uh, is called Earn Enough for Us, which is all about being a, a blue-collar guy, uh, just married, kid on the way, trying to earn enough money to uh, to just survive. And it's got this great opening guitar riff that's just terrific. And, it's, again, it's one of these songs that pulls you into it right from the very beginning. I love this song. I hear this on uh, Sirius XM all the time. This is one of those songs where I also, I don't think they sound British here either. I could have sworn this was like a band from the Midwest or Pacific Northwest. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> well, and the, it's so funny. The tone of this song is so different from Dear God. You know, it's just a, it's a nice little song like, oh, you know, we can do this together. We're going to make it, you know. <laughs> Now, wasn't there some weird controversy, Dim, about the album cover for Skylarking and what the meaning of Skylarking actually is? Well, I'm not even sure what the meaning of Skylarking is, but um, uh, the album cover, uh, Andy Partridge's, uh his um, initial design was, uh, for the front cover, a uh, close-up photograph of a woman's pubic hair with little flowers put in it, and then on the back cover, the close-up of a man's pubic hair with flowers in it and virgin said no let's go <laughs> uh, with something else <laughs> oh so <laughs> i can tell you what skylarking is skylarking is when you are an exchange student and you steal your your uh, host family's buick skylark and go to <laughs> dance and then you wreck it and fall asleep drunk on the front yard huh I think maybe it, that's where my buick skylark went i yeah, think it's, yeah, it's that's also, skylarking i think i think i read somewhere that it's british Military slang for uh, having sex too. So could be all, things we didn't grasp. <laughs> for me, it does. So, but in 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 2010, they re-released the album on vinyl with Andy's original album concept. So if you you, it's out there. You can get it. You mean I can go buy a copy and frame it and put it on my wall with all the rest of the 80s albums that I have framed on my walls? <laughs> it's suitable for framing. I guess you just get to choose. You just get to choose which side. <laughs> just, buy two. On, buy two. You can feelings. put them both up. Oh, there you go. Uh, see, women are afraid enough to come into a place that's uh, called the lair without having pubic hair all over the place. Of course, you know the way the kids oh, are today, we wouldn't be able to make such an album cover. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where 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 did those rails go? I haven't seen them in a while. They seem to have gone off of them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Great editing moments in Stuck in the 80s history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save the day, though. Here's my pick. Just to venture a little bit from the uh, alt side of things, I'm going to pick Queen with their album, A Kind of Magic. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glass of what should be. Of life. 
Who remembers this album? Come on, hands up in the air. I do not remember this album at all. I I I don't remember it either. I remember the song Who Wants to Live Forever from Highlander, but I don't really remember this album. And that's surprising because this is right after the the big Live Aid resurgence for these guys. Right. So uh, A Kind of Magic was released June 2nd, 1986. It was the uh, Queen's 12th studio album, but it was the first one to be digitally recorded. Oh, It is basically a soundtrack for the movie Highlander. A real soundtrack for that movie was never released, oh. believe it or not. It had always been um, their intention to do one, and it just never came around. The band was kind of like, – like Brad said, this was the first album after Live Aid, which kind of gave them a kickstart to their career. Um, Freddie had called the, called around to the gang and said, you know, we're on a bit of a, a, a roll right we're, now. We're on let's, a bounce here. We're on a bounce. So let's let's yeah, make something of it. Yeah. Let's do something about it. So they threw this one together. Only three songs on the album don't appear in the movie. Pain is So Close to Pleasure, Friends Will Be Friends, and One Vision, uh, which was in the movie Iron Eagle, which we all know from our homework. Nice. Uh, nice. Released earlier in 1986. So, um, so, so yes, if you remember the movie Highlander, then yes, you sort of know this album. You, you just didn't realize that this was the um, – Sort of de facto soundtrack for it, huh? That is, I did not know that, and I just went and listened to these tracks that you sent around, and I still hadn't made that connection, except for with "Who Wants to Live Forever," which, of course, really, there's one called Kurgan's theme. You didn't think that one was related? <laughs> I didn't listen to the whole album. I didn't what? look up the listing. I just looked at the stuff you sent around. I'm sorry, I didn't do all my homework. <laughs> so the the I na- thought it was only worth ten percent of the grade. Yeah, the title of the album uh, and the song of the same name, which we just heard. Uh, comes from a line that Christopher Lambert speaks in the movie when he tries to explain his immortality. Have you seen the video they did for this? Though I watched that this morning. It is goofy. Oh yeah, I mean it's so it's so eighties. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, there's there's. I mean, don't don't get too caught up in my celebration of it. There's some goofiness. No, no, I, it's good goofy. <laughs> it's not bad goofy. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, well, I don't think any other band did theatrical as well as Queen. No, no. and and these songs, yeah, you because know, I listened to them too earlier today, and I went. Wow, especially who wants to live forever? Yeah. <laughs> oh just- yeah, it's just so bombastic. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who wants to live forever? By the way, was written by Brian May and sung in the album version as a duet between himself and Freddie Mercury. If you listen to the album version, you hear Brian. You listen to the movie version, you hear Freddie. Here's the album version. Everybody remember the scene in Highlander where you hear the song? 
Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> so sad. See why I love it so much? I know. I know. I'm watching this this morning, and I'm like, oh, it's raining outside, and I'm listening to this sad song, and my coffee's cold. And, uh, it's raining you wonder, in L.A.? You wonder why I was 10 minutes late to get on the show. I had to buck myself up. It is raining in L.A. It's amazing. I'm so happy. It's not even raining in Florida. Uh, the, uh, you, hear, you see this song as well in the TV series that, that came afterwards, but um, definitely a fantastic song. There's another song that like I said, it's not in a movie. Friends will be friends. This song is interesting in the sense that the band, which this was the last album that they toured on, by the way. Okay. Freddie's illness prevented them from touring after this. The band, though, chose Friends Will Be Friends to perform at the end of their live shows, and they tucked it between We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. Huh. Which is the first time that ever happened since like 1977. There's also a really great video for Friends Will Be Friends where they basically got a whole bunch of their fan club members together on a sound studio and recorded like a fake concert. Yeah. And at the very end of it, the sound cuts out and it's just Freddie leading the crowd and singing the uh, the chorus. It's, it's, it's just a nice little campy 80s MTV moment. So. so when I heard this song this morning for the first time, I, what I pictured is this is the theme song for the – the stuck in the 80s sitcom where Brad and Steve are sharing an apartment and get into some hijinks every week and there's like some this is the theme playing over the opening credits and we're kind of looking at each other like oh I missed the bus again darn <laughs> you know it's just so it's just perfect it is <laughs> um, the album itself got kind of mixed reviews from critics they kind of felt like it was just they just didn't quite get it and in all fairness I mean it's an odd album because it's half soundtrack. Yeah, so tightly tied to half, that movie. Half whatever. Still, in 2006, a national BBC poll over in the UK, this album was voted the 42, 42nd greatest album of all time. Uh, in 2007, Classic Rock ranked A Kind of Magic as the 28th greatest soundtrack of all time. Huh, uh, just interesting. Just to put, put it in perspective, number 27 on the list, Spinal Tap. <laughs> uh, that that's, a, that's, that's worth a lot of money, I hear. That, that is a great soundtrack. That's worth though. pennies on the dollar. Uh, <laughs> Purple Rain was ranked thirty first. Huh? That's weird. Huh. Number really? number one, Dazed and Confused. What? I know. Huh? I know. Uh, I'm dazed fine. and confused. You know what makes me dazed and confused? The, the seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain of reader mailbag. Um, it's been a while since we've got a letter. A couple trickled in this week. I picked this one uh, from uh, Kyle Beatty in Canada. Brad. Okay, Steve, I'll read the letter now. To Stuck in the 80s. <clears throat> Sorry. To Stuck in the 80s. Hello, Stuck in the 80s gang. I'm kind of a new listener to the podcast. I've been listening for eight months now. I've been keeping track with the new shows and going back listening to the older shows, too. I was listening to a podcast where you talked about the best U2 albums. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time ago. And I was saddened because you missed an album that, in my opinion, is one of their best. October. The best songs on that album are Stranger in a Strange Land, Rejoice, and Gloria. As an aside, this is one of my son's favorite U2 albums, too. I don't think I ever owned it. Oh, yeah? It's good. Oh, uh, it's a good album. Yeah, it it's really good. is. 
Kyle continues, here's a question for you. If you were stuck on a desert island and could take one band's music collection from the 80s, which band would you choose? And also, which one movie would you take with you? Keep up the good work on the podcast. One thing. Brad, please stop making Steve whine. And Steve, stop taking things too seriously. Thanks for being stuck in the 80s. Kyle, the tragically hip baby from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. What? Uh, am I making you whine? I don't think so. Do I, do I whine I, on the show? I made you a gin and tonic once. Yes, it was delicious. <laughs> um, I, do and I, you take things seriously? If I, you took things seriously, we wouldn't be talking about this nonsense. I don't think I take anything seriously. Is he talking about the mopiness? I don't know. Kyle, all the world's a stage, and we are merely players. Yeah. Don't buy into the hype that much. <laughs> uh, we okay. don't even buy into the hype. Yeah. Sometimes I got to remember that it's like, it's okay to be happy. Um, the, uh, let's see. To answer his question, um, I'm going to pick um, Oingo Boingo, which I, I bet is shocking a lot of people that I would take that. But those are the albums a, I won from the 80s. That's a big choice. That's a good choice. I like that choice. And the, the movie I would pick, um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, just because it's uh, such a time capsule. Yeah, that's a good choice, and it's got some, uh, you know, some excellent footage of Phoebe Cates. Right, which if I'm on a desert <laughs> island by myself, that could come in handy. You might might need a little inspiration now. Use your hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, I'm I'm going for the populist vote here, so <laughs> I think he had a really good suggestion. I'm taking you two. Even if I'm just limited to their albums in the 80s, I think that gives me a range of stuff. You know, their, their material is a little different from the beginning to the end of the decade. Um, if I'm allowed to take all of their stuff, that's fine, too. I like a lot of their stuff from the 90s and more recently. So that would be great. It would give me some stuff to listen to. I know you hate that, Steve. I would so rather for the record. <laughs> for the record, I'm now going to make Steve wine. For the record, the reason Steve – here's my cheap – Psychoanalysis. The reason Steve hates you two so much now is because they dared to move on from the 80s. How dare they move on from the 80s? Okay, moving on. And my movie choice, again, I'm going with the populist vote here, Back to the Future. That's, it's perfect. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's a good pick. It's a good one. It was either that or Trading Places, but at the last second, I'm like, no, I got to have Marty. We are moving. Um, yeah, because okay. I wouldn't be moving. I'd be stuck there forever. Yeah. I, I like Uncle Bunga just because it's like uh, you kind of get lost in it, you know, it's just, just sort of like run around in circles, you know, screaming at the howling at the moon kind of thing. And it's got a certain cynicism to it, which I'm sure would come naturally when you're stuck on a desert island yeah. eating coconuts. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> New England boiled coconuts, <laughs> tossed coconut salad. <laughs> okay, Dan, what are your picks? Okay. Uh, well, what is it? The one issue voter? Is that the thing? Um, <laughs> yeah, single issue. I, I thought about this and I'd be bringing uh, XTC. Uh, as long as Kyle will let me bring uh, XTC's uh, pseudo uh, 60s psychedelic band, Dukes of Stratosphere, because that would give me eight albums for that, you know, to listen to. So that's a good variety of stuff. Yeah. And as far as the movie goes, I would go with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, that's a good choice. Oh, that's a really good choice. That's a really good I choice. Wish I'd oh. that now. Yeah, no nudity in it, though. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Karen yeah. Allen is wearing that one uh, outfit, though. Yeah. Yeah. Karen Allen. Mm. You got any drink around here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about people I wouldn't mind being stuck on Desert Island with. Karen Allen's. That would be a good pick. Mm. Anyway, if you have a letter for us, send it to podcast at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff?
Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Uh, you know the drill. We'll play a clip from a movie from the 80s, and if you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a bottle opener with our logo on it. Um, let's see. Oh, here it is. Here's our clip from last week. Is that my left or your left? Wait, wait a minute. What are you talking about? My left? Your left. Yeah, that's Dustin Hoffman and Dabney Coleman in Tootsie. Uh, give uh, Jen with one N credit for picking that one. Yeah, I forgot Dabney Coleman was in that. So did I. I recognized his voice immediately, and then I'm like, wait a minute. He's the director of the soap opera or the producer, yeah. one of the two. Yeah. I haven't seen – they never show that on television. Yeah, I think that's what threw me, Dabney Coleman being in it, because I didn't yeah. remember him being in it. Is he in any bad movie? I mean, he's great. Um, I, give him the, I don't know. <laughs> I give him the Max von Sydow Probably. award. <laughs> I like to do that. <laughs> the Max von Sydow award. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's perfect. Didn't have a ton of winners, but uh, Brad will read them anyway. Well, I, you know, I'm grateful that we're recording another show quickly so that this list doesn't have time to grow too long. Winners this week include Aaron in British Columbia, Jess Kuzman Sloan in Massachusetts, Kurt in Still Dirty Jersey, Anne in Northern California, Christian Lopez, Coop in LA, Gail in DC, Brent from Lutz, Brock in North Dakota, and DJ in Clinton. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. But the doctor explained that her insides were a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Uh, We will play a snip from a song in the 80s if you get it right. Again, entered into that nice little drawing. Here was Jen's pick from last week. That's Ain't Nobody by Rufus and Chuck Khan. Chuck-a-con. You know how many emails we got that said that in there? Like, Chuck-a-con? Chuck-a-con? <laughs> like, half. <laughs> anyway, uh, so not as obscure as we thought it would be. Or maybe I used oh too much of gosh, it. Oh, my gosh. The floodgates are opening again. Thanks, yeah. Jen. <laughs> She's somewhere up in not the bitter. northeast laughing her ass off. Uh, well, well, she stumped me. So, <laughs> Well, it's too mainstream for you, Dim. Absolutely. She pulls us in a direction we need to go in more often. Uh, Brad, read some of the winners. The winners this week include Charles in Yorktown, Peter Ryan in Montreal, Joshua in Birmingham, Gary in Gilroy, Eddie in El Paso, Sagtoad in Tulsa, Christine in Philly, Gabriel Daigle, John in Phoenix, OJ in La Caruna, Spain, Jesse El Gato Grande, Smith, Angelic from Croatia, who we haven't heard from in a while, Oliver the Bard, Bardenhire, Chris B. Critter, Kurt, a.k.a. Nick, Goose, Bradshaw. Okay, let's spin the wheel and find out if we have a winner. Okay, it looks like it's going to land on John and Phoenix. You are this week's uh, bottle opener winner. Uh, send us your mailing address and we will get one out to you. 
sometime in this calendar year. ASAP. <laughs> in the meantime, pay attention. Here's our clip for this week. Again, if you know it, send your answer to podcast at sit80s.com and then tune in next week. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, Stuck in 80s Nation. Uh, have you ever read the book I Want My MTV by Craig Marks and Rob Tannenbaum? You can actually listen to the entire book for free if you sign up for a 30-day free trial on audible.com. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s. That's 80s. Uh, now, audible.com, you might be asking yourself, what's this all about? Um, they are a sponsor of Stuck in the 80s, and for good reason. They're the ultimate source for audio versions of so many great books from and about the decade we love so much. Uh, Bright Lights, Big City, Less Than Zero, Bonfire the Vanities, they're all there. All you 80s Nation fans out there who listen to our podcast on long commutes, uh, plane rides, subway trips, this is perfect for you. All you have to do, again, go to www.audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s and get started. Now on with the show. Hey, we're back, and it's time to play America's new favorite game show. Uh, what's your 80s obsession? Uh, here's the time where we talk about uh, whatever little factoid or r- remote trivial piece of knowledge of the 80s had been rattling around in our uh, tin cans of our heads in the last week. So, uh, Brad, what's going on in your head? Well, first of all, I'm amazed at the, the different ways you come to describe our heads every week. Last <laughs> week, I think it was the nutshell. Um, this week it's a tin can. I like where we're going with this. Um, <clears throat> this week, my eighties obsession is a movie called no man's land. Have you guys heard of this film? No. Sounds familiar. Well, what, yeah. What so my friend miles introduced me to this movie. He's like, have you ever seen this? It's a, it's a 1987 release. Um, DB Sweeney and Charlie Sheen are in it. DB Sweeney is a young cop who gets sent undercover to bust a Porsche theft ring that is run by rich guy Charlie Sheen, and he kind of starts to fall in love with the lifestyle, can't get away from it. But Miles and I were going on a road trip a couple of weeks ago out in the Spitfire for a few days, and I found a copy of this on DVD so we could watch it one night while we were you know, sleeping off our hangover, about to sleep off our hangover. And it is just so, so 80s. It's shot in L.A., um, it's you know got the gratuitous you know cocaine fueled party scene with all the you know the the beautiful people there. Uh, there's this, this party scene, the Untouchables actually play in it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that album. That's amazing, <laughs> uh, and it's just so cheesy. But the thing that's funny about it is it's basically the Fast and the Furious. It's the same plot line as the first Fast and Furious movie where he's undercover and he falls in love with the sister and he can't make a can't bring himself to arrest the guy kind of falls into the lifestyle. Um, the other thing that's kind of funny about it is Randy Quaid plays the chief of police and it, it's just so <laughs> unbelievable as a hard ass. You know, he, every time he's on the screen, I would just look at my friend and say shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, but that was a crazy, it's a funny movie. Um, it's not a great movie. It was just, it's kind of silly. It had a, it has a 50% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm surprised it has even any ratings. But Roger Ebert actually liked it. He gave oh. it three stars. Wow. wow. Interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, I tend to gravitate towards the movies he likes too, so I'm gonna have to check that out. Is it? Did you say I it would was send you the DVD? But it's the DVD is four by three. What? I'm like, That's, really? It's so weird. It's just the cheapest DVD I've ever it's seen. Not on, no. It's not on Amazon or Netflix. Or I couldn't find it any place other than a physical physical media. Interesting. But. Dim, what's been rattling around your head over the last couple of weeks? Well, I stumbled upon this on uh, my Facebook. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not exactly a single issue. I do have a second one, and it's Pete Townsend. And uh, uh, somebody had posted a video of him playing in concert the song Slit Skirts. Okay. And it was from back in 1982, uh, one of the uh, Prince's Trust rock galas. Okay. And, and so I, I thought, wow, I, I've not seen this before, so I watch it. And in there, I had to look him up, but the bass player looked familiar. And it's a fellow named Mick Karn, and he was in the band Japan. And then Midge Ur from uh, Ultravox Midge. was playing guitar. Nice. And and that little unknown fellow Phil Collins is on drums. Oh, nice. And I says, what? I haven't heard of this thing. And uh, and the thing that's kind of sad about it, though, is uh, Mick Karn died of cancer in 1982. So it was not long after he performed oh, wow. with Pete. Yeah. So, but it was great to see him do slit skirts. It's, uh, it wasn't my favorite song when I first heard it, but over the, over time, as I grew and became an adult and listened to it again, I went, <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. This makes sense to me now. <laughs> and, uh, and it's one of my favorite songs, uh, that he does. One of the things, uh, rattling around in my school this week, the, uh, the movie Sing Street. Um, and we may have talked about this once before on the podcast already. Uh, Sing yeah, Street. We've gotten, a, we've gotten a few letters from people telling us to watch it. Yeah. 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 And, and, I reviewed it on the blog a couple months ago now. I think it was. I got it from – see, Beth and Turkey sent me a thumb drive that had the, the movie loaded on it. And I was going to watch it again today right before our podcast. And I realized it was one of the um, thumb drives that was in my TV set when I got – my apartment building got struck by lightning a few weeks ago. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And it fried my television set. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it, it also took out my cable box. Dang. So I lost, I lost Sing Street. I am now, gonna, now, thankfully, it'll be easier to find than No Man's Land. But mm. uh, Sing Street is an, an Irish movie. And it is a story of this young <clears throat> boy living in Ireland in the, in the 80s who is forced to change schools and meets a girl that – he wants to impress, so he decides to form a band. And um, it's kind of like the commitments, only uh, it's more um, 80s music. So literally the band goes through a a phase for every influence um, that they go through. So at one point they start sounding like Depeche Mode. At one point they start sounding like The Cure. At one point they start sounding <laughs> like – the, the soundtrack alone is fantastic. And the songs will stick in your head forever. I mean, like it's it's worse than Hamilton, and uh, the um, it's worth seeing. It's worth. It shouldn't be that hard to find. It uh, it got a lot of buzz when it appeared at the Sundance Film Festival back in January. So check it out. Definitely uh, an interesting movie. Yeah, it's it's really good. I watched it due to your um, your review of it, and I really enjoyed it. The, the music's great, isn't it? It's great. It's the tone. The tunes are catchy, and you're right. They just go right through each phase, That's and funny. they capture the essence of each of the bands. That they're that they're aping, and it's it was terrific. Happy sad is the, is the <laughs> phrase you, you come out of that with. <laughs> That's all we have for this week. Don't forget to send us in your album uh, request. We'll try to do one more of these before the year's out. In the meantime, Brad, Dim, myself, stuck on a desert island, but hopelessly stuck in the eighties. When you're
Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. Oh, I got nothing else to say about this album. <laughs> <laughs>